Hello again, Fancy Fantasy Football Podcast listeners. This is your Commissioner Patrick Polk, and I am again joined by the most frequent special guest and the most special guest, Jennifer Murphy. Hello, Jennifer. Oh, well, that was very nice. Thank you. I try. Um, I thought you were going to say something insulting about how I'm just your roommate. No, I would never do that. You switched up the joke. I like it. Yeah. Um, so as uh, avid listeners know, uh, this is going to be a little mini part episode where Jen and I do a little recap and some other bits and segments here. And then we will have the second half, the very requested second half of the Meg Collins reality TV show analysis. This one better be short, Pat, because uh, in about 45 minutes, we're about to have the third presidential debate. That's right, everyone. We are coming to you from the past before whatever goes down tonight has happened. We always come at you from the past. I I knew you were going to say that. I knew it. I was sitting here and I was like, well, that was a dumb thing to say. Good thing I don't need to correct myself because Pat's not going to let it slide. I wouldn't, no. All right. Anyway. Well, so I've got a question for you since we're on the record and I can just hold you to this. Uh Uh, I can also delete this. Continue. Sure. Uh, So do you think there are two presidential debates already? Which one do you think Donald Trump was crazier in? I would say... He was more consistently crazy in the first one, but I think his peak craziness was crazier in the second one. Okay. And do you think this will be, where Where do you think this will rank in the craziness? I think, as he said on Twitter, his, uh, he is unshackled, and I think he's going to be full Trump, and it will be the craziest one yet. Do you think the moderator will make a difference? Because I feel like in the past debates, Sometimes when he's gotten a little crazy, it's because the moderator has been like trying to hold him to things or interrupting and he perceives it to be unfair. Like in the last date debate, he brought that up a lot. Yeah, I think. And this is Fox. That's I think that's moderating. I think that's one type of craziness that he brings to the table. But I also think that he could just get in kind of a feedback loop if they press, uh, if they press uh, Hillary on her issues, he could just get more and more worked up and then just go extra crazy with like lock her up. She should be in jail. And, well, he's definitely going to do that. Yeah, so I'm just saying, like, a, a favorable moderator could just stir that even further. I I think that it's I, what I'm fearing is that this will be a letdown in terms of the craziness. That it will be, you know, he'll still be ridiculous because he is, but that he just won't go as nuts. And then everyone will be like, "Oh, he won," and we'll have to listen to that for the next three weeks before she wins the election. I don't know. Anyway, I think we should do more predicting about current events because then we're just here uh, on record yeah sounds good so how's the 20 minute podcast going it's going great yeah i was hoping to do this one in about 20 minutes because we still have almost 30 minutes of meg collins material uh that i want to put out there so i don't want to talk everyone's ear off but this is not happening this is gonna be a 30 minute podcast sorry guys here we go um first of all let's do as as promised a little recap of week six um so uh, let's look at these matchups. It's actually, interestingly, because we're using Jen's iPad, it's in a different order than I'm used to because it's not me logged into the account. I should probably ma- leave a bunch of rude comments and votes for the matchups because we're logged in as Jen. No need. Yeah. Okay. So uh, where do you want to start, Jen? Uh, reverse order. <laughs> okay. So you want to do of Ray Rice and Big Ben versus Incredibly Fast? Let's. I mean, it was an exciting matchup. I, what, which one was the matchup of the week this week? Coming into it? Yeah. We should, we should talk about that more. We should, we should always start out with what was the matchup of the week. 
You don't even remember. He does so many podcasts. He just yeah, can't I don't even think remember. We did a, I don't think we did a preview because otherwise I would have made a big deal out of Murphy versus Murphy. You did. You did with Chris. You, oh, right. Well, I don't know if you called it the match of the week, but you did make a big deal yeah. out of that. I would say probably the Battle of the Murphys was probably the match of the week. Okay. Well, then let's start there. Okay. Paddington Bears, Jen Murphy versus the Call of the Field, Meg Murphy. Uh, all right. Well, this is my matchup, as is obvious to everyone listening. To Jen this is Jen Murphy. Of, when I say I'm talking about Jen, I'm actually yeah, specifically talking about Jen Murphy. The one and only Jen Murphy is in the studio with Pat today. Uh, no, there's lots of Jen Murphys. Anywho, uh, yes, me versus Megan. I don't think there's usually much animosity when Megan and I play against each other. If anything, I feel like we're often quite quiet and courteous it's like neither of us wants the other one to lose but both of us still wants to win um we exchanged like one text about our disappointing quarterbacks as you'll as you'll notice pat we both had quarterback scoring like 10 points uh which was a bummer um coming in to let's see sunday's games it was like pretty neck and neck megan maybe leading and then it looked like i probably had it on Monday, another Monday night game. I'm like the only person that ever has active Monday night games. It's been every single week this season. This was actually my my least contested matchup by Monday. And uh, thank God for Sick burn. Johnson. First name Casey. No first name. <laughs> first name D is what the iPad uh, tells David. me. David. That's too David bad Johnson. That you aren't David with Johnson. The number one. No, I back know in the he's league. good. I just didn't know his first name. Don't worry about it, David. I got you. I love you. Uh, He got me a lot of points, and I ended up with the victory, and I liked it. I got 100 points. We all know that's important to me. Uh, Stats note, Gary, Nick, and I all have had five 100-point games this season out of six matchups. That's quite a lot of 100-point games out of six weeks. I wonder wonder if anyone has been keeping the stats on this. Has there ever been anyone with five 100-point games in the first six weeks of the season, and certainly... I would think there has never been three in one season. Oh, no, I'm pretty sure no. Uh, I think Megan may have, because she had like eight 100-point games last season, and I think they were in the beginning. I mean, I could pull up the spreadsheet and look at this, but I don't think anyone cares enough, so I'm not going to. I just like asking for stats that I know you don't have. You jerk. (laughs) I thought that was an innocent thing that you were just like genuinely... Why why, why would you do that? I'm just kidding. No, it was innocent. It was totally innocent, and I didn't do that I don't believe you anymore. I love you. So anyway, uh, good job, Murphys. Jen is not lying when she says that it's a very friendly rivalry. I like barely noticed that there was a matchup of the Murphys this week because they like did not. There's no trash talk. And she was over. Yeah. Like like, all Saturday. Yeah. There was like no smack talk at all. And I was in hindsight, I was a little disappointed. But there never is. Uh, Side note for me, I cannot seem to start the right quarterback. No matter which quarterback I start, the one on my bench gets like 30 points. Matt Stafford this week got 28 points. Not started. Thanks. So this week uh, I'm starting, I believe, I believe I'm starting Matt Stafford. I don't remember, but what, whatever I'm doing, it'll be wrong. You're welcome, Nick. And just uh, other side note, I just want to point out how amazing David D. David Johnson is um, because he's crazy. Uh, he, this season in our non-PPR league, his points starting in week one, 19.2, 14.3, 23.1, 10.4, 30.5, 31.8. He's amazing, and he's worth knowing the first name of. And uh, he was my first-round draft pick instead of Gronkowski. Thank you, Casey Johnson. Seemed to work out all right for you, Jen. Uh, note, this was Megan's personal low of the season. I feel like we're officially at the point where season rec- personal season records 
are starting to matter. So that's a very respectable season low. For sure. Uh, next, let's go to the other Meg. AJ of Green Gables versus Punt and Prejudice. Meg Collins versus Abby. All right. So I know you have all the feels about Abby so far this season. So I'm going to let you I talk about this one. <laughs> Um, I just still feel terrible. I, I am very sad. I don't want to see anyone have a rough season and we are like almost halfway through the season now. And, uh, Abby is still winless, which is not what I want to see. Uh, final score in this one, 98.6 to 69.9. Is Abby your own personal lovable loser? Oh, don't even. Oh, ouch. Um, uh, as far as her players, Everyone was disappointing except for Cam Newton. <laughs> wait, wait to sugarcoat it. <laughs> but she did have three players with 18 or more points on her bench. So that is good news, question mark. Oh, Patrick. Uh, on the other side, Meg Collins uh, continued to be strong with uh, Tom Brady back. Todd Gurley kind of sucked. Uh, Jonathan Stewart has been injured, and he came back in a major way. Uh, so overall, solid performance. Jay Ajayi on the bench with 32.7. So overall, um, uh, 98.6 is you know no, close to that century mark. Would have been over 100 if she didn't have a defense because she had negative four out of the Steelers. It's the worst. Uh, there are, I hate to do this to Abby. I'm going to do this because Pat is so sad about Abby losing and Abby seems to be taking it in stride. And because we all know I love the stats. Uh, There are two interesting statistical things that came out of this matchup. The first is that, as you may recall, going into this week, uh, Meg Collins had never lost to Abby. Now, or I'm sorry, had never beaten Abby. Now that she has, that's removed the other remaining goose egg in the person-to-person matchups for the history of the league. I hope you followed what I was saying there. Uh, Meg Collins and Abby are now one and three, which means there is only every team in our league has beaten every other team in our league at least once with the exception, notably still Casey Johnson on Annalisa still zero and six coming into couple Geddon, Also the nacho party get, get excited. Uh, that will be a matchup to watch if Casey can finally pull it off or if we're going to enter year four of fantasy football with Casey five, Casey never having defeated Annalisa. The second interesting thing is that uh, unfortunately, Abby now has a losing record in, in terms of the fantasy, fantasy, fan, fancy wide. What am I even saying? Abby has lost more games than she has won in the history of our league for her personally <laughs> words are so hard jen's drunk <laughs> i we i had like two sips <laughs> of a delicious uh what is this a uh, new glarus wisconsin belgian red it it's, tastes like cherries and i love it wisconsin ale brewed with cherries um anyway so actually interestingly at this point there are only four teams that have winning records even though we're a 10-team league only four teams have winning records who do you think they are I would go with Annalisa, you, Nick, and yeah, this is a hard one. I knew you'd get those three. Meg Murphy. Correct. Because of her banner season last season, she really had a cushion. Nailed it. Way to go, Pat. <laughs> yeah. Um, so so I that's, mean, that's interesting, right? Yeah. You would think, you know, it just obviously the, the it's a zero sum game. Uh, so 
everyone either wins or loses every week. So you would think that on average, five teams would have winning records and five teams would have losing records. So um, it's it's only slightly a top heavy league is what that tells me. I hate you. That wasn't supposed to be like an insult or anything. You're just like, I don't think your stats nuggets are interesting. Go home, Jen. (laughs) Well, first of all, you are home. Second of all, I wasn't saying it wasn't interesting. I was just trying to point out that that seems like it's about right. Like we're doing about what you'd expect and way to be part of the top heavy part of the league. Hello from the bottom part of the league. (laughs) But we actually, when we started the season, we were six and four with teams with winning records. And very briefly, five and five. And now it's, it's like, because I think, it, I mean. Didn't I? Oh, yeah. Because no, I, I joined the losing ranks last week. Right. Week five. Well, actually, when you entered the winning ranks, that made us six and four yeah. for teams with winning records. So I will rise again and we'll be back to five and five and it'll be great. Jen, All right. Jen is not impressed. Let's roll. What's next? I'm going to go with the uh, low-scoring match of the week, which would be Diary of a Bear, Casey Johnson, versus Romo and Juliet, Tim Crowley. And I did look. uh, I am, because I just emailed about the winning team name, which I have not yet announced and will announce during this podcast, hold your breath, Um, he definitely had a lowercase of before, and now he has a capital of. He did that. He he trolled us. Ugh. So anyway, Casey Johnson coming uh, coming up with a win, bringing him up to two and four, uh, dropping Tim to two and four. Uh, so they're both two and four now. And uh, the win was 72 to f- 72.5 to 62.4. Casey with a 10-point victory. I feel like this one was pretty close for a while this weekend, right? When when it was unfolding. Oh, yeah, certainly. I mean, it's a 10-point Yeah, game. so it's kind of that. an exciting one to watch. Uh, it looks like they also have disappointing quarterbacks, so I feel you guys on that. But overall, just looking like a, a relatively average performance. I am glad to see my man Gronk back in fighting condition. Uh, I should have tried harder to trade with Casey like two weeks ago because my tight ends suck. And Welcome he, back, Gronk. He was low on Gronk, but probably not going to happen now. Um, enjoy him. He is a treasure. I, I wish you both the best. Great. See, that wasn't mean at all. No, I love Casey. Uh, let's roll. Uh, actually, those, there is one thing I should tell you about this matchup. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Tim. Uh, with Casey winning this matchup, Casey no longer has the worst record in fancy history. What? It's Tim now by one matchup. Boom. That must be disappointing. I think that Tim will have his chance to snatch it back, judging by Casey's past performance. I think Tim is just on the struggle bus this season. Looks like mostly injuries and, and other anomalies are to blame for that. Uh, so I, I feel bad for him. But Casey can enjoy this one moment of being in ninth place. Congratulations. All right. Uh, let's just jump. You don't sound like you're that interested. I'm very interested. <laughs> It's all on the cutting room floor. <laughs> you keep making that joke and then not cutting it. You're yeah. like the boy who cried wolf cuts. Oh, okay. Anyway, next we've got Nick versus me of Ray Rice and Big Man versus Extremely Big and Incredibly Fast. I lost uh, by three and a half points. It was a drag. Oh, what a matchup. This one was tight. Yeah. Finally, I was not the tightest match of the week. Yeah, and it was down to the wire on uh, so the Sunday evening game, but still. Did um, Ben Roethlisberger get hurt mid-game? 
he, because he's hurt now, right? Yes, he is hurt, and he's out, depending on who you believe, uh, four to six weeks, according to official sources, two to three weeks, if you listen to people who say, that, hilariously, that Big Ben exaggerates his injuries so that he seems tougher when he comes back earlier. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, he did have surgery on his knee, so it's not like, he's not joking. Is he, is he notoriously tough? I really don't know much about Ben Roethlisberger. He is notoriously tough. The other thing that people mention is that he has been accused of sexual assault. Right. Yeah. Also, car, uh, he got in a motorcycle accident without a helmet. Um, but tough guy. Tough guy. Who was he on Megan's team last year? I believe so. Yeah. So, so I will say. What do you say, think this will do to Nick's prospects going forward? Has he been, has he, I haven't really paid attention specifically to Nick's quarterback performance. Has he been putting up big numbers for him? Yes, very much so. And if you recall, I have said that the Steelers are like a cheat code along with the Saints. And uh, this hurts all of the Steelers offensive players, not just Ben Roethlisberger. Do I have any Steelers players? Not any, no. Um, Does Gary? Yes, Gary has Antonio Brown. So this is just nothing but good news for me. <laughs> sure, you, you want to be, if you want to be Trumpian in your self-centeredness. Well, sure. you just said he's been accused of sexual assault, so I no longer feel bad about his injuries. Okay, so anyway, uh, I'm just gonna, so it sucks to not have Big Ben, who's been awesome. Hardly it, Trumpian. <laughs> you're just like, how does this affect me? This is about Jen. Well, a little bit. This is the fancy fantasy football podcast. This is not the Jen Murphy podcast. What a terrible podcast that would be. Exactly. So we're moving on. It would be like, guess what baby fact I learned today? <laughs> let me let me recite for you in excruciating detail this podcast I listened to about babies. That's what Pat's whole life is like right now. You guys should be so jealous. Yeah, we could. And we could just, it could be like nesting dolls of podcasts talking about podcasts talking about podcasts. It's really good. We should keep this up. But that's not a real podcast. So it's not really a nesting doll. Anyway, Nick has Big Ben Poor and, Pat. and also Le'Veon Bell. And so Le'Veon Bell, you would think that they would go to the running game more, which might help Le'Veon Bell, but Le'Veon Bell also is a pass-catching running back, and so his value is suppressed, not as far as Antonio Brown's value is suppressed. I feel bad for the Steelers, who are awesome, and now will be struggling somewhere between two and six weeks. But it looks like everyone on his team gives him good numbers, so I don't even know. Yeah, well, he's been doing very well. Well, you you did well this week, Pat. You got the um, very disappointing 99. You know how much I hate that and hate watching that happen to others. Did the, did the, the 99 bother you at all, or you don't really care? It's just about the W or the L? I care much more about having lost than about not having 100 points, yes. You would have beaten um, everyone but three teams this week? Yeah, so, you know, that's also disappointing, but Nick earned it. Uh, it was also it was frustrating watching the game because um, I needed Carson Palmer to do stuff, and he failed <laughs> to do stuff. i um needed i needed my team to uh score points and they uh they didn't (laughs) yeah that's exactly what i said um i liked it yeah it was just you know it was a back uh, it was it was frustrating is all i'm saying and it didn't work out but it was okay and i'll be fine uh three and three which very sadly is my best record of the three fantasy football leagues i'm in Pat, this is the fancy fantasy football podcast. This isn't the uh, Pat Polk whines about his losing teams podcast. Except it is my podcast. <laughs> I thought it was the the email address is fancy podcast, not Pat's podcast. And whose email address is podcast at fancyfantasyfootball.com? 
You're just ruining all the mystery for everyone. Yeah, because no one knew it was mine. Yeah, they probably didn't. They thought you had some secret collaborator, and now yeah. they're very disappointed to find I, out this is just you in our dining room. I hired an intern to man the email address. Oh, my God. Please get an intern. <laughs> please, please, please have a fake intern. Okay, I'm hiring an intern this week. It's happening. Count it. Uh, last but not least, we've got the new number one team in the league. Yeah. I'm, re- I'm ready. I'm ready. Origin of the special teams. Has Gary ever been number one? I don't think so. This is great. Gary Nelson defeated Annalisa Johnson, sense and penalty, 111 on the dot to 83.3. I feel like this is probably the most the league has been like happy for someone to be number one. Like normally the person that's number one, you're like, I want to beat them or I'm going to lose to them. You know, like you don't, you don't want them to be number one. You want to be better. But I feel like everyone is just excited for Gary, except probably Gary, who I presume continues to not give a shit. Also, I don't think Nick is super thrilled. No, I bet Nick is happy for Gary. I think we should probably call Nick right now and find out. In fact, you keep talking. I'm going to text Nick. Okay, I'll keep talking. Uh, So this match, uh, obviously, Gary did great. 111. Uh, the Saints continue to truck along mostly. Uh, Drew Brees did awesome. Sean McCoy coming on strong. Crazy week. Uh, Christine Michael, who I dropped, not happy that he scored 20 more points. Hilariously, Gary got to 111 with a big negative six out of the Panthers defense. Uh, this was not a great weekend for defenses overall. Negative six is close to as low as you can go. Um, but still got to 111 overall. Also had Andrew Luck with 23 points on his bench, but you can only start one awesome quarterback. Too bad for Gary. Uh, Annalisa, solid week overall. Nothing to sneeze at with 83. Uh, Kobe Fleener, tight end, unsustainable 19.6 out of Kobe Fleener, I would say. Um, but LeGarrette Blount is back. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, a frequent member of Annalisa's team year to year, struggling a little bit. Only 12 and a half points this week. Nick, Jen? Nick probably is going to be like, why the hell is she texting me that question? I was going to tell him that we're on the air and or that I'm asking because the two of us are debating it, but I've decided to just let it be. He can think I'm just super awkward until he hears this podcast. And then he would know you're super awkward. I think this would make you seem less. I mean, he already knows I'm awkward. I think this would, this would make that particular question seem less weird. Now let's take a quick look at the standings. Uh, I just want to say all three of the top teams are very good and very close Stop to each it. other. Stop it. You guys are so good at fantasy he, football. He wants to just talk about Gary and Nick, but he feels like he has to include me because I got sad after that last podcast where you left me off. I didn't leave you off. I mentioned you. 646, 641, 630. That is right up there. How many <laughs> points do you have? I have 584 points. Wah, wah. Um, I am in fourth place. Interestingly, not interestingly, probably, but uh, Annalisa is the current, uh, one of the big current underachievers in points scored versus success. She has the fourth most points, but she is tied for seventh place in the league, uh, only two and four, even though she has the fourth most points. Which is unusual for Annalisa. Yeah. I mean, her point total is uh, substantially helped by the huge week that she put up against me. Uh, so it hasn't been a super consistent high score, but it's been that that one week was crazy high. Correct. So what do you, how, how are you, the, the, you, you mentioned that there are three of us at the top, then there's kind of a one game gap. 
and then yeah it's actually a group of three a group of three a group of three and then abby oh yeah so there's three five and one teams three three and three teams so that's oh, actually we a, have talk bubbles nick a, is responding a two game gap between the, the top three and the middle it three. could be lengthy it's still and, going on and then three teams that are two and four and then abby is own six so uh top to bottom we got gary nick jen me meg m meg c annalisa tim casey abby there's something else i wanted to do since we have so much time we don't have a lot of time so i'm going into the um activity tab so it looks like uh nick dropped the texans and added the Bengals. why did he do it how do you feel about it man i don't know without looking at the schedule i'm um, assuming they're on by or something yeah i don't i mean i would say the texans defense is pretty good um even without jj watt they're pretty solid Jadavion Clowney is picking it up, and they're still putting on good pressure. So I would say they're probably solid defense. So I'm guessing it's a bye week related or just super schedule related. Maybe they're playing against like a really good offensive team or something. Like it does project them to have four points. That is not zero points. Well, uh, what week are we in? We are going into week seven. They're playing Denver. He didn't want to play against the quarterback from Northwestern, who is the starting quarterback for Denver these days. He just couldn't. His heart wouldn't be in it. He stopped typing too. Oh, he's done. He doesn't have an answer for me. He smells a trap. Maybe. Um, okay. Um, uh, he's he's been busy. Nick also dropped Graham Gano. Gano. Gano kicker. Is that a kicker? Yeah, yeah. And added Matt Prater. A kicker. I, I happen to know his kicker is on by. So you probably don't have feelings about that. All right. Uh, Romo and Juliet. That would be Tim. Added Pierre Garcon and dropped Josh Gordon. Tell us about it. Oh, man. Josh Gordon uh he is a troubled talented individual he broke into the league and scored crazy points and then has been not playing football for the past two years because he can't stop smoking marijuana uh and so at the beginning of the season there was hope that he would be reinstated and then he uh is not going to be reinstated and he entered rehab so that's why he dropped josh gordon is he out for the season uh he is lost he is no longer affiliated with the cleveland browns organization it's hard to Shoot. say yeah we don't know if he's ever coming back or if he's coming like he's, he's certainly not coming back to the browns it looks like what about pierre garcon i feel like he was good once upon a time or at least he graced my bench for a while yeah i haven't paid close enough attention to pierre garcon this season uh he obviously a longtime league veteran i don't I, I don't know how well he's been doing this year uh punt and prejudice your personal favorite team dropped chris boswell and added mike nugent I don't know who those people are. Mm, kickers. Ah, uh, all right. She added the Giants and dropped the Titans. Um, yeah, I I feel like the Titans kind of have a terrible defense, so I, I feel like I'm behind that decision. I, I don't have any empirical information to back up my uh, instinct on that, but but I would not love to have the Titans defense. Uh, Nick also added Tyrod Taylor and dropped Josh Brown, and he paid a dollar for him. A nice uh, Josh Brown underachieving wide receiver, uh, Tyra Taylor, middling quarterback backup. Yeah, his, his quarterback got hurt as previously discussed. Yeah, do you think a dollar was the right price? I mean, it's a reasonable price. I would not love to have Tyra Taylor. Ooh, what do you think about this? Uh, Gary Nelson dropped the Panthers and added the Ravens for six dollars. I'm gonna say that's an overpay for a backup defense. Um, Ravens, I believe, actually, I know for a fact, based on my scoring in the other league, that the Ravens are uh, sixth in the league in scoring. Uh, and so it's a good defense if, to have, be available on the waiver wire, but I'm, I'm going to say uh, $6 is a hefty price to pay. 
I wonder if anyone else was out for them and he he got it. Anywho, um, it looks like special teams also dropped Rashad Jennings and added Giovanni Bernard and paid $8 for him. Gio Bernard, I considered putting in a bid for him. I did not, but uh, I would say that... Oh, wow, he's owned in 83% of leagues. Yeah, I know. What's up with us? Yeah, yeah. He, uh, I'd say he's worth a, 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 I would say a $10 bid, yeah. I feel like eight's a good price. Well, good going, Gary. Uh, that's it for this week's waiver Wire Pickups, but I think it's interesting to talk about, and that's why I did it. Fantastic. All right. Uh, now, before we get to the intense stat corner, and we are... There's no more stats. Right. Oh, okay. Uh, but Wait, I didn't. I didn't give you enough stats. No. Well, I didn't know we were gonna go. Ooh, ooh, ooh! ooh. Breaking news! Breaking news! Jen breaking news! Breaking news! Nick song. responded. I don't know why I'm so invested in. This. What does Nick say? All right. So what I said is important question: Are you more disappointed that you are not number one in the league anymore, or more happy that Gary is? He said, "Hmm, tough decision." I did a thought exercise. If I just lost first place to someone else, like Meg M, would I be just as pissed? Yes, I would. So I'm just plain old upset that I'm going to close second. I'm also very upset that I'll lose to you this week and end up in third. Ugh. Important question to you. Was that question lure taunting or content for podcast? I knew he smelled a trap. Read me like a book. All right. Next segment. This is a first time segment. I have an actual, genuine, real life, not fabricated by this host, reader question. Wait, you didn't dwell for long enough on how you were right. I really, I thought that Nick loves Gary so much that he was going to be like, I'm just excited for Gare Bear. Yeah, I mean, I was right about that, and I was right that he smelled a trap. I just read him like a book. Yeah, he's, he just wants to be number one. Yeah. Um, Here we go. Listener question submitted by Gary Nelson. Oh, a listener question. This is so delightful. You've commented in a few episodes with derision about ESPN forecasting that a player will score their average points in a weekly game. As someone who knows less about point projections, that strikes me as a be- at best a quirk of the system or at worst a sign of lazy forecasting. Do you think ESPN's projections model has changed, possibly warranting your ribbing, or has this been an issue all along? What a great question. It really was thoughtful. Um, for sure, I feel like this is consistently a problem i mean there you paint yourself into a corner anytime you're trying to predict with specificity the number of points an individual player is going to score on a given week um so it's a very difficult task but for sure they always like it seems like they default to their average points per week and then will like slightly adjust it up or down based on matchups um so i'm gonna say it is consistently a problem and they're not going to change it and also probably their statistical model is like an amalgamation of all of their fantasy experts. Obviously ESPN is a big site. They have a lot of fantasy experts with a lot of different projections. And I'm guessing their, um, their projection that they officially put for this, the points is like kind of a neutral average of a lot of different input. So I think that probably also contributes it to being sanded, sanding off any weird expectations and just getting everyone to the middle of the pack essentially. So that's, that's what I have to say about that. Thanks for your reader question. Do you have any tips for those of us who are not as um, into fantasy football as you are about, is there something we can do to like effectively interpret the ESPN projections? Cause I know that for myself, uh, I kind of really don't feel like I have anything to go on other than just like who they say is going to get the most points projected. Um, yeah, I, well, so if you're talking about... Actually, my, my manual override is to ask you. Yeah, I, so are you talking... It depends 
Uh, and if you're talking about start sit decisions or picking up a free agent, start sit. A uh, picking up a free agent, I think I'm I'm better at looking, especially in the beginning of the season when you know that it's just a reaction to how many points they have, like scored when people have big weeks. But no, in your own start sit decisions, outside of just knowing more about football, is there anything to be done? I know they have like an an expert like ranking of how well they think they're going to do. Yeah, and uh, I mean, if you the the strongest advice which I always go with is like, if you have your own non ESPN website um, that you trust for their weekly rankings, then just go with that because I, I think it helps to be contrarian with the site that hosts your, especially with drafting less so with start sit. But I, I think just everyone will go with the flow of ESPN by default. And so if you're playing against someone who always does exactly what ESPN says, like maybe if they're wrong, then, uh, and you're right, then you could, uh, you know, benefit from that. So I think it's beneficial to have a secondary website to go by. So that's the strongest thing to do, I think. Um, I usually only bother you about it when ESPN says like one person's going to get 8.2 points and another person's going to get 8.4 points. I ask to see if you have any information that can let me make a more intelligent decision. And then I make the wrong one because that's how I've been rolling this season. Yeah. And that's just, yeah, I would say, uh, going with your intuition on like the quality of that team's running game or passing game and how good or bad. Oh yeah, the, the matchups. I feel like that's big. Like it seems to me sometimes like when ESPN is wrong, it's because they were playing a good team and it was like they were never going to get that many points. Calm down, ESPN. Do you think ESPN fails to factor in the difficulty of matchups enough? I would say yes. And also I think this is, um, in my personal opinion, I think this has the biggest effect with freaking defensive projections. Like they they project like every defense to get like five to seven points and some defenses are really good. And when, when you're playing against a team with a really terrible offense, like you, I feel like you can safely project like 10 or 12 points for that defense. And I mean, I, I feel I've gotten lucky and had some good defenses in the past. And when the chiefs were playing the Broncos, like it didn't matter that the chiefs were amazing. The Broncos always scored lots of points for the most part. Yes, exactly. And I would say, um, Take this with a grain of salt because I've had the number one defense all season and I sat them two weeks in a row because they played a good defense and they scored a ton of points those two weeks. And so I, I did not benefit uh, from them. So, you know, you can overreact, but I think ESPN underreacts. Well, what a delightful thing to have a listener question. I loved it. I hope we have more. Uh, this is kind of a nice little statistical, like a, like a little uh, strategy discussion with you. I, because I am married to Pat, get to do that all the time and because he always wants to talk about fantasy football. So that works out for me. I feel like I understand fantasy football a lot more because of talking to Pat. I think that probably most people in the league are talking to their spouses about it, except Gary and Abby, although maybe Abby could pick up some things from uh, Gary Nelson this season. Oh, I will I'm curse really, my lips. Abby, like, I wish you could be here when we have these podcasts because I'm not taunting you. I'm taunting Pat. And if you could see the, the body language, you would know that. It's just because he's genuinely so affected by this. Um, It's true. So now, so I guess we already did Jen's Stat Corner. I didn't know. I didn't know where to put in the Stats Corner theme song because we didn't ever make. A, there was a, no Stats Corner this week. Exactly. I didn't know that. Stealth Stats Corner. So here's the last thing we're going to do before signing off. Uh, we only also have five minutes. We went way, way, way long as we knew we would. Um, I'm going to impose now uh, based on my own personal feelings and, and the email chain. Uh, we're going to have a, a kindness corner. So I'm inserting... Oh, this will be fun. I'm inserting the theme song right here. Kindness Corner theme song. Welcome.
And I just want, uh, I want, I'm going to say one nice thing about one person in the league. And I want Jen to say one nice thing about one person in the league. I'm going to start with Casey Johnson. Casey Johnson's a very good friend, very good guy, very good dad. Uh, he is very generous with his fancy beer and I like him a lot. Your turn, Jen. This is making me physically uncomfortable. Yep. So say one nice thing about one about member. their football performance. No, any any nice thing about any person in the league, like a sincere nice thing. Yep. This is the kindness corner. You just wanted another theme song, and now I have to do this. No, it's because I felt bad about the negativity. Well, everyone knows that we love them, and they're great, and this is all in good fun. Yeah, I know. So in good fun, we're going to have a kindness corner. Go. Ugh. Meg Collins is very pretty and she dresses very well and she has an impressive, well, the celebrity thing is actually probably not a real compliment because I don't care. I mean, I'm impressed by it. Uh, So we'll we'll stick to, I'm very impressed by, oh my God, this is awful. I sound like an idiot. Why are you making me do this? I mean, I do genuinely think that Meg dresses really well, but why do I have to say that on a podcast? Because we have the kindness corner now. Welcome to the kindness corner. I think I told Meg this, but one time I was taking the train into the suburbs and there was a girl on the train that I was like convinced maybe was Meg Collins. She was sitting in front of me and below me. So I couldn't see her face. All I could see was like her hair, which was exactly the same. And it's a relatively rare, pretty ginger color. And she was dressed in a very Meg Collins way. Like, you know, like, uh, like that tan camel color and black. And she had like very professional, nice looking clothes on. And I was like, going to text her. And I was creeping. I was just, it was the worst. It was not Meg. It turns out. What does this story have to do with anything? See, you're just turning me into a nervous wreck of horribleness. Can we? Can you? Can you cut this out? I will not. So that was no, the first. You always say you're that was inaugural out. segment of the kindness corner. Can I have a do-over? Thank you for joining us in the kindness corner. Uh, last but not least, first of all, quick reminder: email questions to podcast at fancyfantasyfootball.com. Obviously, it's very fun when we have listener questions. Um, and the last thing is, I'm going to announce best team name. And that winner is Megan Murphy. Congratulations, Megan. Oh, yay. I voted for you. And there you go. Uh, with that, I'll sign off with this extended quick look <laughs> at week six. Uh, and and then now enjoy Meg Collins's uh, remaining analysis of the league. Meg Collins, very fashionable dresser and overall nice lady. There you go. See, doesn't that feel nice? Feels awkward, Pat. Feels awkward. Bye. Say hi to me again and Meg Collins. Technology's weird. How about this? How about a new comparison? I'm and ready. Now we've gone from the middle down, and now we're going from the middle up. Okay. And when we're talking the middle, we are talking Patrick Polk. Extremely big and incredibly fast because I am currently fifth. And as Jen reminded us with her stats, I'm cumulatively like right at 500, essentially. Uh, so I'm just the definition of average if you add everything together. Uh, what do you got? I feel kind of badly about this one. Um, oh, great. So Excellent. We're, we're, so this is the only one that I'm looking now going, oh, you know, I kind of feel bad. Um, I I kind of feel like you might be the show Catfish. Where, Pardon? hear me out, hear me out. You know the show, show Catfished? It's on it. Oh, I'm familiar. Okay. I mean, I'm, I, I've, I've seen part of an episode, but I did see the uh, documentary on which it is based and yes, Ooh. I'm prepared for you to explain this because so far I'm not thrilled. <laughs> You're not excited. Well, it's going to be very complimentary because each year we, after the draft, you know, when I'm looking at my team and 
I'm just like, I don't even know half these players or who they are or what they stand for. I mean, they could be anti Shitsus and we just don't know. Um, so I feel like each year and even, you know, when we send out analysis of the teams, by we, I mean you, um, keep thinking your team is going to be just dominate. That, you know, it's going to be real good and that no one stands a chance except for Jen, of course, um, because each year her team is just phenomenal. Uh, and some years, some years good and you get away from the catfisher and some years you're just like, huh, well, okay. So you're so it saying be, it's a compliment because I think it's a compliment. I mean, it's probably a backwards compliment, which is terrible. And I'm sorry, but we always go this, you're going to dominate. You're going to crush your new fantastic. And then you always end up doing pretty well, but just not the domination that we expected. So you're saying that somehow the post draft analysis that I provide to the league, <laughs> seems to indicate that my team is good and then somehow that does not come to fruition it just doesn't translate weird weird yeah so you're maybe i guess we can argue for something else i know i i i want you to stick with your decisions you know I, as i said i think uh nick possibly was a little bit nice to me and it's fine you should you can balance it out and be maybe a little mean uh that's that's totally fair uh, I mean, but i guess also i would like to point out that if if this if we're taking this analogy to its logical conclusion in yes. that the cat the catfishing is the uh you know the failure to reach expectations I catfish myself because I provide the analysis and then I'm disappointed because I don't live up to my own. Yeah, exactly. So you're saying I, it's like catfish, like circular edition. I think next year we go with a new strategy. Maybe we either let LP draft for you or. Wow. No, no, no. Just, just to mix it up. I mean, I can certainly just have Staley draft for me, my child equivalent and probably come out. Just about the same, maybe better. Okay, well, if I wasn't insulted before, I'll be sure to mark it down now. Uh, we're oh, at, gosh, uh, can this be a redo? Can we try this minutes. again? Can you back it up like two minutes and yeah, pretend no. it's didn't happen? No? Nope, it's over. It's but I don't think it's that bad of an insult. I, I think it's a backward compliment, yes. Um, I, uh, You know what? Let's just move on. All right, now moving on. Friends Meg and Murphy. A little bit. All right, can we do Meg and Jen? We can. They, they are. Steel. They are currently fourth and third. Uh, so they are right next to each other currently in standing. So and and uh, as avid listeners are aware, they are also one and two in the cumulative power rankings. So frequently compared, uh, you know, both Murphys, the only siblings in the league, mm-hmm. and uh, apparently a package deal. So go ahead and uh, let her rip with both Meg and Jen. So it only makes sense that for. Meg and Jen, that they would be the Bachelor and Bachelorette. My oh, reason, right. yeah, my reasoning is, as we've already said, you know, they're always back to back in ratings. Um, and well, Bachelor and Bachelorette, I'm sorry, are back to back in ratings. Um, they are generally very much uh, back to back in rankings. Uh, each Bachelor and Bachelorette, they're great. Uh, they're quality shows. Meg and Jen both have quality players. They put up big numbers, just like 
Bachelor and Bachelorette. They are sister shows, and I was going to originally just call them sister wives, and I'm like, no, that, just, that analysis just doesn't work at all. Yeah, you don't want to take that too far. No, I, I it was just too easy and just too weird, and so I skipped over it. So now I'm not sure why I brought that up. <laughs> um, and there's just a reason why Megan Jen dominate, um, just like Bachelor and Bachelorette. Um, and yeah, they're sisters. So it was just that. I mean, nothing really to go into. Like great players, great rankings, great uh, overallness. I mean, they are. And the thing is, it's hard to differentiate sometimes the two of them because they're. I feel like since the Murphy sisters right now are, they're just so intertwined in our fantasy history, just going back and forth. Um, you just never know who's going to come out on top. Um, and just quality show up your show. All right. So I have two questions. Absolutely. Not me. Number one, uh-huh. do you, have you, do you have you assigned bachelor to one of them and bachelorette to the other, or is it just I a package deal? Have. Um, I said that Jen is the bachelor and Meg is the bachelorette. Um, and why? only because Jen has been more dominant right now, um, than Megan. And it, just like The Bachelor is more dominant overall, generally, um, in rankings and whatnot than The Bachelorette. Fair enough, fair enough. Second question, mm-hmm. in this analogy, is there a way to wedge Robert Gronkowski into mm-hmm. it, The like Jen being obsessed with him and drafting him every year except for this year? Is there uh, some sort of way to incorporate that into The Bachelor uh, analogy? Oh, absolutely. You could say that Gronk either one left on his own to go be part of um, a different show, which would just kind of be on Casey's Toddlers and Tiaras. Um, or you could also just say that, um, what could I also just say for that? So he left on his own or that he, she let him go too early and he just didn't blossom right away. And then she really regretted it. She could have picked him right away and just didn't. So on Jen's behalf, I must defend her honor and say sure. that, uh, Casey did select Rob Gronkowski in the first round before oh, Jen even Casey. had a pick. So she did not let Rob Gronkowski oh. go. It was just not even an option. No. So then you know what this actually is? This is Rob Gronkowski getting drunk and the producers making him leave. Oh, well, that I mean, that's is what that is. And that's very fitting with Robert Gronkowski. Let's be honest. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. If he was on the bachelor, that is definitely what would probably happen. Um, I also would say that he's Robert Gronkowski is probably more fit to be in bachelor in paradise, which I also almost compared Nick's team to just because, you know, always up there in the rankings, just a lot more alcohol. But and then I pictured that was just me inserting him into the mix. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's not fair. All right. Excellent. Well, thank you for that. Yeah. We've only got two more teams left. The top, the currently top two teams. Yes. Currently at number two, maybe surprising to some based on historical power ranking uh, analysis, but we've got Gary Nelson, four and one, only five points out of first place. In total seasons, point scored. So that's about 1% of points uh, difference between him and Nick. Uh, number two, Gary Nelson, the origin of special teams. Who is Gary? All right. You ready for this one? I'm ready. My Gary Nelson. He is the Jersey Shore. Nice. And I, I have to, now this, I don't remember, I don't know if you remember this. 
but I'm very familiar with Jersey Shore. <laughs> Explain how I, I did not know this, but I really oh, need man. you. I need you to dive into this. Well, okay. I mean, I don't know it, uh, any recent developments if there are any, which I oh, don't believe no. there are. Oh, no. uh, yeah, but well, when, that's when not I, true. I know. I know a little bit about what they're doing right now. Two of them might be in Italy together. But when it first when it first became a phenomenon, I um, enjoyed it for its ridiculousness and w- and was and still am a big fan of Bill Simmons, sports guy, uh, and he was obsessed with it and talked about it constantly in his podcast because of the ridiculous cast of characters. And so, I watched the entire first two seasons for sure, and maybe past that, but you know, eventually trailed off. But I am I am a, a super familiar with Jersey Shore for sure. Who's your favorite character in Jersey I mean, uh, for entertainment's sake, I, it has to be the situation. Um, <laughs> it's gotta be. <laughs> right? He's oh, so yeah. ridiculous. I mean, how do you call yourself the situation? And he's, and when he's referring to himself as the situation, he's exclusively referring to his six pack abs. So that's, uh, there's just a lot, again, he contains multitudes. There's a lot of layers there. How is he both the situation and his abs are the situation? Explain. I don't know. That just makes no sense. And I do believe his tanning salon, didn't it go into bankruptcy like within the past a couple of years or something? I I don't know that, but I would not be surprised to hear that post Jersey Shore money, the cast of Jersey Shore <laughs> maybe did not do the best financial planning. That wouldn't shock me. I don't know. They didn't they didn't always make the most uh long term decisions. I that is say. true. Did you ever follow up and watch the uh, Snooki and uh, JWoww show? No, I was like vaguely aware of its existence, but did not watch it. I mean, they, like Snooki obviously had her own following. Um, she was absurd, but I did not uh, like latch on specifically to Snooki. I did. I did. And also I was aware that she had at least one kid and was like, oh my yes, God, what know. is the world? Yeah, that's what I thought. So yeah, I mean, that's already crazy. So I was like, oh my God. Well, I'm. Gl- I mean, that's a. Gl- I'm glad we kind of dove into that, and I'll tell you why. I think that Gary is the Jersey Shore for right now. So, it's not the best show, um, but there's so much enthusiasm. You can't help but cheer and hope everyone does well in their life and whatnot. However, I will say that the cast started out as absolute train wrecks you watched it and you're like oh my god like you just couldn't wait to see what was going to happen next and point it was, of order they did not they 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 started off as train wrecks and they continued to be train wrecks however i guess so my this comparison kind of transitioned well no i will i will argue that towards the end of the series many of them started maturing and becoming their own and started getting much better with their lives. And I think that is what Gary's team is doing right now. We're the first couple of seasons, not so great. And now all of a sudden they're kind of getting their act together. They're like, okay, we can't do this forever. We, we just got to step it up a bit. We kind of want to be with the big players here. Um, namely the Murphy sisters. And we just got to show them who's boss. And they have kind of, I mean, I would say JWoww and Snooki. I, God, I can't believe I'm standing up for them. This is so weird. Ugh. Um, they've kind of become girl bosses in their own right. And Gary's team is just kicking butt right now and really just stepped it up. So, no, leaving behind the shore in his fist pumping days. So, that's I, I my will, analysis. I will allow this analysis to stand. I will not ask you to redo this entire segment, but I will say it is a bold 
stance to say <laughs> that post Jersey Shore, these people are killing it, essentially. Okay. It, like, yeah. <laughs> if I use the phrase killing it, I, I want to retract that. They are doing much better than society ever thought they would. Nope. See, that's a blow to Gary. No. Yeah, sure is. So, sure I, is. I stand by killing it. I'm going to say it. We love you, Gary. I, I, Your I team is crushing this right now. I, I don't want to. I don't. Th- I don't know if you said killing. I that was those were my words. I said killing it. I don't know if you specifically said that, but you you certainly were implying that they're doing better now. And and my in my mind, oh, they are doing better. I mean, they're not living. I mean, a couple of them are. Okay. 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 I'll allow it. Okay. Last but not least, <laughs> we've got the number one team, Nick Spear, your husband, of yeah. Ray Rice and Big Ben. This is true. Four and one. What do you got? Um, I've got for Nick Spear, I've got the show intervention. Uh, and not, oh, for, my hu- not no. for my husband. Not for my husband. No, no, no. You gotta go, you gotta dive into his team. You dive into the team. It's always going to have, one, it's always going to be a successful show. So I'll start there. Um, it's always going to be great. People are always intrigued. People always want to see what it's doing and they're interested. So it's always a contender of it being top of the lineup, I would say. Um, but then it's really, you just got to dive into the players here. I mean, he's got Roethlisberger. He's got Le'Veon Bell. He's got Antonio Gates. All bad dudes and couple of them for drugs. I think Roethlisberger had something weird with one of the girls he allegedly assaulted at a bar. I could only assume drugs and or alcohol and or bad things. There is an allegation of a bar incident, yes. So there you go. And I think, again, he had a couple of years ago, he had like Marshawn Lynch who did bad things. I think also with drugs. I mostly know Marshawn Lynch to be a Skittle-loving, um, iconoclastic person who just doesn't like the media. But maybe, sure, maybe he's done bad things, too. I don't know. Maybe I'm just soiling his good name right now, and I'm going to get a uh, a meanly worded letter from one of his agents saying, I can't believe you just said that. But I, I, am, I stand I am by positive it. that Marshawn Lynch's agents listen to this show, for sure. For sure. I mean, I just can't wait for it to get a tweet or something about this and cease and desist and your whole podcast shuts down and then you're going to have to go back to emails and he's just not going to read them. He's not I, I learned I, I learned the depth of his not caring about my emails last episode. <laughs> I, I, I noted his silence in the email chains and, and figured that he maybe wasn't fully invested in them, but I had no idea the complete disengagement. Destroyed his life. Yeah, that was that was harsh. That was harsh. I will tell you though, these podcasts—he's enjoying them as soon as they're up. They're they're playing. Excellent. Well, so anyway, your husband is intervention. That's what you're telling to our our audience, our loyal audience. Yes, nothing for Nick's sake. I mean, but his team for sure. Also, well, I can also say cops because they're also bad guys. And again, it's always a ran. It's always randomly odd, like where the rankings are pretty consistent and it's been around forever near the top. And you're just like, we know, we know you're a good show. We know you're there, but we still nothing exciting. So he's, it's just always going to be there. And it's never like a, Ooh, what you got this week. It's a, Oh, all right. I understand. I know that you're here. All right. Well, that's <laughs> again, it's just applying this analysis directly to Nick. I really, yeah, he's always, he's always around, you know, nothing <laughs> exciting, but he's around. 
He's kind of like Staley, you know. He doesn't really add anything, but he's he's a presence in my life. No, Staley adds so much to my life. What are you saying, Pat? I'm sorry. I know. I really, I, I messed it up. I'm sorry. But anyway, okay, well. He forgives you. Well, thank you very much. That was that was a gem. I really appreciate it, and I hope the rest of the league did, too. Um, gem this, is this my already, name spelled backwards. There you go. <laughs> Without any... Uh, additional previews or reviews. We're already breaking the mold for podcast length. So I'm sure we're at 52 minutes right now. So uh, we nailed it and I'm sure everyone agrees. And so uh, I I think uh, I I, I speak for everyone to say thank you for your insightful football and pop culture analysis. You should obviously no football analysis. Yeah, no, no, you did. Oh, all right. (laughs) Pop culture, yes, but anything else, no. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, and uh, I, I hope you, you enjoyed being on as well, and uh, and I hope you continue to enjoy the show and to, to, to have your loyal listenership. Always will, sir. Signing off. Thank you so much. Have a good one. No, you have a good one. Word. Bye. Bye.